This is the Star Wars Squadrons podcast, and this is episode 12 or 13. I can't remember right now. Very happy to have on this guy. I wanted to have him on for a bit. Zoltry on the podcast this week. Thanks for being on, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me. And it's funny. Yeah, you've been, from what I remember, you've been playing this game since launch, too, right? Like, all year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... Uh... Basically every day. Basically every. I mean, unless there, I remember, there's a few times where you had some uh, some PC problems that you got kind of shut out. But I feel like that was the only uh, the only time you really stopped playing. Yeah, for a couple weeks. <laughs> so thank you, Alienware. Pardon me. I said thank you, Alienware. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah. So how did you first hear about Squadrons? I heard, I was actually, I think it was Eckhart's Ladders YouTube channel had some videos on it, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, before it released, like, with them doing some, like, early footage and videos on it. And it looked quite interesting, because I used to play the Rogue Squadron games on the N64 and GameCube, so. Oh my god, that's the exact same place where I came from, too, playing on, on the N64 specifically. I didn't realize that mm-hmm. there was the the game GameCube was sort of a console that I missed out on, and there's a like a tons of ton of games that people kind of like kind of look back on pretty fondly from that GameCube era too. Anyways, Rogue mm-hmm. Squadron was one of them, and uh, a great sequel apparently was on there that I never played. I never played at all. What was that first? What was that Rogue Squadron on GameCube like? Do you remember it at all? On the GameCube, yeah. Uh, I mean, it was it was. Basically, the Rogue Squadron for N64 with a mm-hmm. little bit tighter controls and mm-hmm. better graphics. Did you play a lot of those Star Wars games growing up? Were you always like a Star Wars fan? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Huge Star Wars fan. I, I actually own all of the, none of the, the new stuff, mind you, the new <laughs> books, but the old expanded universe. I mm-hmm. own every book. So then, I mean, it's kind of then a no-brainer if you're a gamer you've liked Rogue Squadron in the past, and then you hear about this new Squadrons game coming out. You were pretty excited from it, from hearing about it on Eckhart's Ladder. What were your thoughts about what it was going to be when it was, like, coming out? I mean, I I didn't really know what it was going to be. I just Mm -hmm. knew it was a Star Wars Starfighter game, Mm -hmm. and I haven't not played them, so... (laughs) You played the Star... It was was mandatory. Mm Mm-hmm. Did you play the Starfighter Assault one on Battlefront too? Very. I played Battlefront Battlefront One, um, the new Battlefront One. Um, it was okay, mm-hmm. the little Starfighter game yeah. mode, but I never picked up Battlefront Two. In fact, I still don't have it. <laughs> yeah, I think I downloaded it like for the EA Access like early when it was, you know, new. And kind of like before that, there was that that period uh, where it was still exciting before they dropped the whole money grab thing that people freaked mm-hmm. out about. Yeah, obviously. And I've never re-downloaded it and tried it out since, which is one of those things where over time they kind of like saved that game a bit, right? Like it became more popular later on. I don't. For me, it wasn't really anything to do with the microtransactions mm-hmm. per se. It was 
I didn't like the first one at all. Mm-hmm. I thought it was not a good Battlefront. So, mm-hmm. so early on in Squadrons Two, you were playing on a console, right? What did you start out on? Xbox One. Mm-hmm. So, what? Did, so, how long before you switched from Xbox to PC, and what was your thinking there? Why did you do it? Uh. I switched to PC like mid December and it was because I was trying to do YouTube on a PC that I had here while capturing from the Xbox Mm -hmm. and that PC would overheat trying to render a video in like two minutes. Mm -hmm. So I just bought a good, good PC for that. And it's like, I might as well play squadrons on the PC as well. It's just easier to capture and everything. Oh, totally agree. I remember when I was doing it, on the Xbox as well, I would use that, like, Xbox DVR all the time to, like, capture stuff, which would be kind of handy. Then also you'd have to wait for stuff to, like, upload to the thing so you could, like, download it. It would be, like, so time-consuming. I I have been there with problem computers. And, yeah, it took me longer. It took me to, like, what was it? May or something, like, June before I built my uh, computer and was able to switch over. But, yeah, it was a huge move. What what did you notice the difference play-wise, then, in the gameplay-wise, going from... Frame rate, and frame rate and resolution. Um, you don't realize how bad the resolution is on the console mm-hmm. until you've played it on PC on Ultra. It's like on console, I couldn't like I keep I was watching streams and people were like targeting turrets and like shooting the turrets off the ships, and I'm just like, I can't see those until I'm within like <laughs> ten feet. Yeah, <laughs> it is crazy. It's just a gray point. blob. <laughs> yeah, that is a huge. I mean, even did you were you on a controller? Then I'm assuming you're, when you switched over mm-hmm. to PC, I'm you're still, still on, on a controller. controller. Yeah. So did you change to an advanced power management or anything like that when you switched over to PC? I did. Yeah. I did. I used Steam Big Picture to bind the maximize to the controller. Oh, nice. You know, I've heard people say good things about using Steam Big Picture. I use the anti-micro, and I think it's the Elite 2 controller that I'm using sometimes has has some issues I've heard on, on, on programs, but I think Steam is one that it actually works a lot better with. Yeah, I use the, an Elite 2 as well. Oh, so. do you? Nice. But yeah, so Big maybe... Picture works perfectly fine. Mm-hmm, yeah, I mean, I don't guess it's when people get into, like, the remapping of, like, I don't know, the further stuff that it gets a little complicated and anti-micro can't handle mm-hmm. it, so I may, may have to look at that further down the line. And then, dude, I don't know, all that stuff's a little whatever at this point because the game's kind of set. I kind of was thinking, that's what I was thinking about, doing some different remapping and moving things around, but at the same time, I'm like, well, then I have to learn a new setup Where kind of all over. Going? Yeah, like, that'll be, I mean, it'll be probably better in a bit if it really works, but yeah. Um, one thing I did just recently switch on my control setup is um, you have an Elite 2, so you have it as well. I highly recommend switching to the um, faceted um, D-pad instead of the plus sign. It makes power management way easier. Is the faceted one that's like, it's kind of like a little round? Like all the thing. little squares? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I actually have that. I've been using that one for a long time, actually. I, that's a great call. Yeah, I've actually never... Because you know what? That one just came on mine... Like, it was the one that was on there or something, or, like, the first one that I put on. So I've just mm-hmm. always had it on. I hadn't even thought about maybe using the alternate, like, the bigger one or, like, none. The none ones, like, not having the plate on it seems crazy to me. That that just seems really weird. But maybe I'd be like it that way, I guess, the indentations. But that seemed weird to me. This one made the most mm-hmm. sense. 
I love the, yeah the elite controller is amazing too that makes it a lot of fun did you ever think about getting a flight stick or or anything like that since it is such a you know a draw uh, spot or a big part of the funny story is I actually have rudder pedals and a x52 pro oh you do I don't use. <laughs> did you get I those tried. you get those four squadrons uh, I actually um Pierre mm-hmm. got new joysticks and stuff for his setup and he mailed it to me oh that's nice and i tried it for like a week and i just couldn't get over being bad at the game all of a sudden <laughs> yeah you need a you need a new account to play on to to like to learn on that one so you can just kind of go back and forth i kind of found something similar with the with the hodas like i got uh the t-flight one because i wanted to try it i'd see it i'm looking at it down on the mm-hmm. floor when i was still on xbox and it was okay but then i kind of built the pc right after that and you know, it it was limiting. Like, I just did not get... Well, no, it's so fun. It's just with the... You just don't have that many buttons as you may have on the keyboard or with some of the more complex uh, sticks and stuff that are available. So the, it's it's limiting that way. You can only do so much. But it was cool to try it out and to, to learn that way. But it's wild. Like, using a flight stick for the first time, you just have no yeah, control... I, Versus, so versus like thumbstick. I've also like it'd be. I've played on controllers my whole life, so it just is a lot easier to to, to play there probably. So the Same. whole the whole year too, you've pretty much maybe I'm mistaken, but I feel like for most of the year you've been playing on Rancor. Now, how did how did Rancor start? How did you join Rancor? Um, actually, Rancor, uh, me, Hamadi, Pierre, Corlath, GMR, Kentucky, and Roku started mm-hmm. Rancor. Mm-hmm. So we yeah. we met each other just in matchmaking. Mm-hmm. We all had mics, and back in the day when the game first came out, if somebody had a mic, you you <laughs> shot him a friend request. So and we just started playing together, and Rancor became a thing. So did you guys all meet? On Xbox, were you all Xbox players at that point? Or was there a mix? I'm trying to think. No, I, no it was I don't all, all crossplay. Yeah. So how I, did... I had a um, I had a Discord server just I had created a long time ago for Path of Exile with like two people in it, <laughs> and I was just like, okay, renamed it, and this is Rancor now. Oh, that's pretty cool. So then Rancor started right away. You guys just kind of started building it, and at a certain point, then you guys kind of had the two squads too, which I kind of mess up. I, the names on them, which I always feel bad. Why, why don't you differentiate between the two squads as well? There, there's Rancor and Rancor Roughnecks. Mm-hmm. Um, or there was, kind of. <laughs> um, so that, that was, we just had more people that wanted to play competitively, mm-hmm. and we didn't have room um, because of the roster limit mm-hmm. for SEL right. and stuff like that. Cool. Yeah, so you guys have been grinding hard out of there all year. Uh, what do you think, what has, like, kind of Rancor been about? Has it just been kind of, I don't know, it's tough to say what is a team about, I guess it's it, because I don't know, what is Orange Squadron about? I guess we're Orange Squadron is kind of about, like, we play kind of at that late, late night hours, is kind of how we, we kind of came to be. I guess Rancor just kind of grew from you guys meeting each other there and building the Discord out of it, sort of. Pretty much, and we, we're more, uh, like, we want to play competitively, but Mm -hmm. we're also, I would say, a little bit more casual about it. Um, Yeah. We're not like um, like doing a bunch of team swapping and stuff like that. Just more so, like, hey, you want to play? Let's practice and see what we can do. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, it's such a hard thing that way in squads because uh, there's 
not a you know a gigantic community or anything but there's like this mid-sized community i guess of this comp- this competitive community of like you know hundreds of people that are in varying degrees of seriousness of it but we're all kind of competing right like when you look at like a, a mm-hmm. cal cup there's like 30 teams let's say and yeah there's like five to ten teams who are like practicing really hard and then another 10 teams who are like you know mid you know practicing but not as hard and then you know 10 teams were just like pretty casual about it so there is such a mix there you see it is kind of cool that they can all coexist and no one's that far off from anyone else really like sometimes it may seem like the top i in my opinion sometimes it may seem like the top teams may be a little further from everyone else but they're still like very beatable in the in the great scheme of things it's very possible for any of the teams to get upset uh, I, yeah, I agree. I think it's honestly like what separates like CA gold and some of the teams toward the top is mm-hmm. just their, their efficiency. Definitely. Everything they do is planned and on time on point. I would agree. Whereas... I agree so much. The execution, uh, and the timing is like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, we need the beacons, then the dunks, you know, and then they're well, like, they're, if it's delays, they're like, we're going to hit this play. Yeah, you're right. It's so, it's so. There's nothing new. Mm-hmm. Like, it's. It's pretty set. Everybody knows what to do. It's just a matter of who can do it better. So thinking about this game over the whole year in the meta, what's been your favorite point of the year? When have you enjoyed the game the most? Um, For me, it would probably be like December, like I think Operation 2. Mm-hmm. Um, and before the Defender and B-Wing. Oh, you didn't like. Be. What do you think? What was it about the defender and the B wing that? Uh, well, the defender was really, really, really broken <laughs> when they when it got put in the game, and um, that was that period before before that where like there were a few people that knew that the dead drifting mm-hmm. had issues. Yeah, but not everybody knew about it, and like, so it wasn't like rampant. Everybody just dead drifting around all the time, and it. I felt like the game was a lot more competitive back then as far as like PvP side of the game. It was a funny I've been kind of talking to people about that time. There was an it was like we were so kind of naive too. We didn't really understand how to do the damage properly on the on the flagships almost. Like the so it was this this different point of the game almost then where PvP was so much more important to prolonged phases for like passive passive damage did passive damage was the mvp in the game in those those days to get the wins yeah like and i don't even think we real like the amount of time before i realized what how to take down shields on frigates that i played fleet battles is crazy to me now and i think about it it was like i was just doing (laughs) pvp i think for all of november basically until like i was just so bad i just feel like it people got so good the a-wing meta just killed me i hated the a-wing meta I miss the A wing. <laughs> yeah, the so that time after that, where you're talking about, like, where you're looking at a, a great time too about December too is the Christmas break. There was so many people playing, so that's a, mm-hmm. that's another factor too that the 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 player base started to get smaller and smaller as people realized about the, the dead drift, which. I mean, it did really like people want to talk about pinballing and other things that are making people evasive. There, I, to me, there was no time that there was less PvP than those dead drift days. I guess like if people were, if they hadn't fixed it, it would be crazy how little death there. If you could dead drift and pinball 
and and zero throttle and multi-drift and shield skip like all of those things and the defender as it was before it was patched like no one would be oh, dying then, ever <laughs> like it would be crazy yeah no then the the meta would still be win the opening phase with your tie bomber three defenders and then your tie bombers go back to the ship and get in a tie defender because <laughs> why not well you might have that been- being said like mm-hmm. One thing that we also, like, were not as efficient at back then was the dunking. And I think mm-hmm. if we had been as efficient at dunking as we are now back then, that mm-hmm. possibly that dead drift bug might not have been that big of a deal. You, you make a good point. I don't, it's so hard to say because we, you know, we kind of learn as it goes us along. And, yeah, there's, there's waves to the game. Almost because I've been kind of seeing, too, like, PvP, obviously, mm, I mean, not like it was in November, but I feel like slowly we're getting to a point where PvP is actually at this next highest state that it's been in a while. Do you see it going that way? What do you think? Do you disagree? It's a, it depends on the team and mm-hmm. whether or not they have to. Yeah, that's a fair point. Because like, just like you're talking about a team like CA Gold and their efficiency, it's because they're all, they, can, they could pvp a lot if they if they really wanted to they could do tons of pvp but they just do look for it i think at the times when it's like of of maximum value and then be efficient with their Mm -hmm. damage kind of the other way so so i think maybe i'm uh, i'm just kind of like thinking about from what you're saying but i kind of see see it as you can do pvp but inevitably you have to kind of do damage anyway like there's just a limit to how much pvp is going to get you anyway other than fun there there's no role in the game right now unless you're playing dogfight mode for anything that's not also doing capture damage Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and that that even includes the support with the ion lasers like Sure, they're not getting credit for a ton of capture damage, but they're stripping shields. They're doing what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just how it is. Like you, and in general, there aren't many teams that's going to run an A wing and be successful. (laughs) Just one A wing on your team in the high level is costing you the game. It is. I mean, yeah, you're you're right. There's very few. I mean, like. The I, I I can't even think of anyone who's really maining an A wing at this point, right? Like all of them have switched over. I mean, Star Dude being like the one person, like pretty much anyone else who would have flown an A wing is now getting into an X wing. So a few people more in the interceptors here or there, but yeah, it's it's just place is kind of well, and like even the interceptor is like, wouldn't a defender just be objectively better? Yeah, you're right. You like what what. What does the interceptor bring to that the defender can't do? Like the, I mean, and the defender has the eye. And so, yeah, I completely agree. It's hard to to see it. Ugh. Another thing that we but, should kind of talk about too is all year you've kind of been doing uh content creation and streaming. Did you stream before squadrons? No. Oh, uh, okay. A long time ago, I streamed some Halo Five, but uh, we moved, and then the internet was not good enough. So I got back into it with uh, with squadrons around December when I got the PC. Yeah, we got the. You said you were kind of making YouTube content as well, which I know you've kind of started to do more in the last little bit. Again, you've made some like YouTube. Yeah, content. I got caught. I got, I got so like caught up doing the Twitch that I neglected the YouTube. So mm-hmm. trying to put get back into that and at least do some some content for it at least once a week you know 
I, I you know, I, even though I have a fair amount of time, sometimes I find it tough to make the YouTube content too. I have a few things that I want to do. It just, you know, it takes, sometimes it just takes time that it's, I don't have necessarily to make the videos, but I have some fun stuff too that I, I want to do. I really like your videos too. When you, the, the Mac dog one, when you're kind of like showing like a random search from oh. there too. Yeah. The Mac dog video. Why don't you tell people about that one actually? Hmm. Why don't you tell people with the Mac dog video? Uh, I don't, I mean, I don't really want to call the guy out any more than, but like, yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. I don't want to call him out. I was just thinking. If you're a newer player and you see somebody in your lobby that's in the thousands, <laughs> don't tell them how to play. <laughs> unless it's Scott's talent. <laughs> yeah, there's very limited but people. Even Scott's talent isn't that bad. Like, he should be better for his level, but he's not like the most terrible player in the <laughs> game. You know what I mean? Do you see yourself making oh, more YouTube content in the future? Uh, yes, actually, I've been I've got some stuff that I'm working on. It's just YouTube takes a lot more effort. Um, it really does. You're right. Than turning than turning on Twitch and hanging out with people, which I find more enjoyable. YouTube is more like actual work. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I mean, sometimes you know myself, I've, I'm kind of known for being a little bit critical of the Marvels, but I gotta say. I really do appreciate when you know when you are doing it because it's cool. Like you're one of the best Marvel streamers, I gotta say, in squadrons too, because you make it super fun. I think for everyone to keep them involved when you're streaming the Marbles. What you're what you're thinking with it? What do you, do you like the Marbles for that reason? Even it going during the queue. Uh, I I actually enjoy the Marbles purely because of the interaction with your mm -hmm. chat. Yeah. Um, it creates a really Marbles is a super easy way to be incredibly active and involved with your chat while we're. Instead of just sitting there waiting for a game, right? Yeah, I mean that is. Like, I, you you play in a time, but it's still pretty quiet. You know, a lot of times you'll be ju mm -hmm. you'll be jumping on in that morning time. Usually, when I'm kind of like jumping off to at that time, and it's a little bit quieter. So you go through that 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 battle for the queue simulator too, which has kind of been annoying. How long have you seen? How long have you been dealing with that? Because we've seen that in the orange hours since like December. When did you start seeing the queue simulator get a little longer? Oh, it's since uh, probably I would say in January would be my guess. Yeah. Um, like right after the first Cal Cup. Mm -hmm. And it just started. Probably. Yeah, it kind of is a bummer that the game kind of, you know. But it was it, it wasn't that bad. Mm -hmm. Like you wouldn't time out very mm -hmm. often. But then like now, sometimes it's like 40, 60 minutes. You know. Yeah, I, I remember times happening. That that used to happen to us when Death Watch was still playing in the Orange Hours. But the there was times then the matchmaking was just so tight. They like they made it so that it would take like you would have to be people within your range or skill level or, oh, or it was just for a long that. time. Yeah, they would and they they messed around with tightening it up and loosening it up and and now it's in a pretty good place. So thinking back about the you know over the year and kind of how. You know, the numbers have gone up or down. What do you think maybe they should have done different to kind of, like, help the game grow throughout the year? To to help the game grow? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I'm actually pretty critical of EA and Motive with yeah. this game. Um, supporting and fixing bugs and balancing your game is not post-content, post-launch content. That is just industry standard. Like, I, this is the only game I've ever seen that was like, oh, this is a, a full game and 
six months later, we don't care if it's still broken. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. What is up with and that, right? Then, like, what, how do they think like, that's acceptable? Like, yeah, it's not. I mean, I play the game because I love the game, right? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. like, it needed it needed more love. Um, I think going full on like, oh, this is no post content. Like, I, I microtransactions for like ship skins could have been something they did. Like, we don't need like new ships or anything like that. Like, just to make enough money to afford to keep the team to keep a like, small t- team of devs to keep updating and balancing. Just like, hey, this new hope, like, here's an X Wing skin from you know, Luke's Skywalker ship on Yavin. I think $5. I think they could have even gone more simple with it even too. Like all these colors, like, okay. So they have like, whatever, like Sirocco. That's like this, you know, a pattern of like orange and basically white on it. Have 18 variations Mm -hmm. of all the different colors or whatever. Just have a bunch of colors available that are all unlocks. You know what I mean? That you would have to do, even if it was pay or glory or whatever, just having it both ways, just little things like that would have been easy to put in the game. And give people tons of things to grind for. I guess that's that's what I always thought. Not just like both having a pay option and a grind option is always, I think, the best way to go. Um, yeah, I, I was just looking at it from a pure like mm-hmm. keep the devs around standpoint. Yeah, just to players. bring it. Mm-hmm. I mean, like nobody in general, most people are not going to pick up the game and stick with it now, knowing that the it's done. Like we're getting nothing else. Like there's no balance changes there's nothing and they didn't even like take the time they did all these server side balance changes right mm-hmm. and like they never even went back and did a client side patch to fix the practice mode right to like implement like, that yeah so it's still like the practice mode is on whatever the january like update or something crazy to me mm-hmm. and they started doing those those server side balance changes in january mm-hmm. like that's in a development site like that's just it's not how games are done nowadays it is it is i feel like there's a whole other story to squadrons i don't know if we'll ever get to know that like if there was another plan for squadrons like and the pandemic kind of changed things or something i don't know i feel like there was something to it i have kind of wanted i've wanted to talk to you know some of these different people but they reached out to them here and there but they don't they don't want to come on but i I mean, I kind of get it. They probably aren't allowed to consider <laughs> something. Some something they probably or don't want to. They may just not want to. That's yeah. <laughs> so, what do you think for the future of Squadrons? What do you think uh, uh, Squadrons Two? Do you think it would be a flight game on another? Like, what do you think Disney will do in the future? What would you like to see for Star Wars games and for a future I, Squadrons game? I, I think I don't know if it'll be Squadrons, but I think this is a great tech demo of what they can do. Um, and I, they would be missing out on a huge opportunity if they did not release a Starfighter game for Star Wars with the Rogue Squadron movie. Mm-hmm. That being said, the motive in EA, if they are the ones doing it, will have to convince me that they are going to stick around and actually support the game before I buy into it. And you know, you're not alone in that sentiment like people have been like i've heard people say this dude they like don't have any faith in what i mean especially if it's an ea game they have no faith in it i mean even motive now in the game they're working on i wonder if they would i guess it's hard to actually blame motive 
because I feel like they're getting directive not to work on the game anymore, almost or something. From what I hear from them, I mean, yes, they are, but they had time to fix the issues, and yeah, it's hard to get past it. Just like you said, like game saying you're going to put out a game that will have nothing post-launch kind of implies that the game will be done and and right when you put it out, and that just hasn't been the case. Like this game has never been finished i guess you know what i mean like there's no yeah there's always and nowadays, been more and nowadays no games are that's why you like the idea of the this is your game this is what you paid for and we're done with it at launch that died <laughs> year like with the 360 yeah <laughs> like um the the days of like you can't even even if you you buy a game for your console, right? Your that disc doesn't have the full game on it. You're no. still downloading the game. That's like, that's what's so that, funny about it too, because they have to make the disc like a few weeks ago, and they know they're doing more stuff to the game over those next few weeks before it launched. So then you get your day mm-hmm, one, you get mm-hmm. your pre-launch patch, you get your day one patch, you get your then the bug fix for the day one patch. Then they they do the the first. Patch. It's just crazy the way gaming is now. It's just like guys. Maybe you just need to finish your games before you reset. Yeah, Evil Coleslaw making the point in the chat. Indie studios would support their game a hundred times longer. Like I've been playing that game, um, um, yeah, Chivalry, and uh, mm-hmm. it's like basically in pre-launch phase still. Even though it's out and it's like a forty-dollar game, but they're still like they have a roadmap for like plausible fixes. So even though I'm not really playing it right now. I do plan on playing it more again as it, like, gets fixed. Because at least there's, like... I'm like, oh, I see a future where they're working on this game. Where I'm like, oh, I'm glad. I'm still not like, oh, this sucks. I'm still like, oh, it's a good game that I'll play. Like, if Squadrons had a little bit of that, right? Like, a little bit of, like, hey, in six months at least, this will be fixed or we'll get back to it or something. Like, that would be... Mm -hmm. I I feel like that would have kept a a lot more people probably interested in the game a little bit more. I don't disagree. I mean, I don't... Chips, we just, just, just balance changes. Even if like this something isn't explicitly broken, devs making balance balance changes to the meta to combat the meta of the game mm-hmm. makes the game more interesting. Like, yes, yeah, some people will be upset because their ship got nerfed or their strategy got nerfed, but that changes the flow of the game. It keeps it fresh. It keeps people coming in, like. I agree, because that's, like, a fun part about this game. Like, meta would switch, like, week, not weekly. Every two weeks, mm-hmm. three weeks, you know what? There would be, like, oh, people are doing this. Oh, this is what's happening. Oh, wait, everyone's off-phasing frigates now. It did happen a little bit this last few months, but it's kind of settled now. It was more just, like, everyone's figuring it out, uh, you know, dunking maybe shield gens. You know, it's, it's taken a mm-hmm. little bit, but it, you're right. It's not the same thing. Um... I guess ICT coming back. ICT's kind of been a thing forever. It's that's not even you know. There you're right. There's nothing really that new. The way that there was, I think, pushing meta constantly now. Like no one's coming really that far out of left field. I guess it's just like maybe you can't completely OBJ evade your way to the win necessarily against some teams. You do have to mix in some PK, but it's not the tools necessarily that are changing. The meta's not fully changing that way. No, it's just how you're. You're the meta changes depending on the team you're playing. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good point too. Uh, Which, like, 
playing playing IG is completely different than playing Splinter versus. Uh, I mean, how are you going to say like playing CA Gold versus is different than yeah. playing Splinter? I've scrimmed them both. Uh-huh. Like it's different. I and find what's, what's, we scrimmed them both the same night, right? <laughs> And we got the exact opposite feedback from both teams. That's pretty hilarious. Like well, one, of a, one of a CA gold was like, y'all need to pressure us more when we're going for your shield gens. And then Splinter was like, no, you just need to AI farm because you're not going to kill us anyway. <laughs> wow. It's and completely just different like, mindsets. Going okay, two teams. Don't, yeah. know to, don't know what to What do we do with that? that? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I guess it, I think maybe it's interesting, too, because it can almost depend on not just opponent, but also like map. And then also faction. You need to like adjust your strategy to all these things. So the game is an engine in a strategic point of view. It's very interesting now because I do feel like at this point of the game, maybe I'll disagree. At this point of the game, though, I do like the balance between factions. I do think there is there. Of course, the empire is the advantage with DPS, but I feel like there's a little more like I feel like the balance is there. There's more style to the New Republic, where like the the empire just like. DPS smash, go, you know, we're like, you gotta be like jazzy with New Republic, we're like, we're gonna come in, we're gonna disable the shields, you know, we'll destroy one, yeah, hey, take out power, out of phase, you know, like, it's a little bit of a different style. Yeah. Uh, like... And they both have their strong suits. Right? <laughs> oh, you know what, before, actually, another thing, too, something we kind of talked about, I remember even, like, a few months ago, we were kind of talking about this, we were, we were like... You know, everyone's saying Rotary Jet or this, that. And you were like, I'm Rotary Slam. You're you're a big Rotary Slam guy, too. Do you want to talk about that at all? Uh, okay. If you if you have perfect power management with shunting and boost gasping at the same time with Jet Rotary, mm-hmm. Jet Rotary is about 5% better than Slam Rotary. Mm-hmm. Um, not even Fencar has perfect power management <laughs> on it. Okay. Yeah, not all the time. So, like slam, and I'm not the only one who uses it. There are no, 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 quite a few people. That but I remember too, we were like talking about it. It seemed like no one was at one point. I thought we're not. You know what I mean? Like it seemed like definitely. And I, and I feel like I feel like it was nobody wanted to admit that they were using what was considered a suboptimal build. Exactly. Yeah, I think you're right. It takes. Um, like- but like even yeah, like I've been talking to Jashiqua. Even Jashiqua runs rotary slam. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, it's quintessence, just quintessence, it's, another huge yeah. damage player runs that. And like, yeah, um, could could it be better if I wanted to be if I could be perfect all the time with the other build? Yes, but I can't be, and mm-hmm. I would argue like ninety nine percent of players can't or aren't going to put forth the effort to do so. I mean, it's just therefore. Yeah, Rotary Slam. It's just simply easier. Hundred percent agree. Just... I, yeah, I think it's objectively easier. I think the other cool thing too, but another big Zoltry thing is that you know you kind of like set the meta with this is with the B wing out there. First of all, talking about <laughs> holding the boost, something you taught me. Oh, that's like the better way to fly the B wing that way. And of course, you're getting those huge damage games. I feel like I haven't seen anyone with more than the what was your high? Two hundred and what thousand was your highest? Two hundred and thirteen k. Yeah, I feel like that's the highest <laughs> damage I've seen in a game. Let me know in the chat if anyone's seen higher. But yeah, so you put. Let me know about your B wing thoughts then, because you're pushing that all year too. Well, not all year, but for the last little bit more than anyone else. Well. As as much as many other people, I guess Remnant as well had some B wing strats that they pushed, I mean, but you I, were still with it. I yeah. super enjoy mm-hmm. flying the B wing. I think it's actually 
it's the one part of New Republic meta I don't think we fully realized yet. Okay. I mean, I know I know it's a, it's a big target and it can be taken out fairly easily. I say fairly easily because you can be evasive in a B-wing and stay alive. Mm-hmm. I know between me and Fame Plane one day, I, I had the horror on me the entire time I was bombing a cruiser. Like, I, I killed the cruiser with horror shooting at me the whole time. Yeah. So, it's not like you can't live with a little bit of pressure on you. There was a day... Um, and was, yeah, quite was... frankly, like, there isn't a ship on the New Republic side that or Empire side that does more damage than a B-Wing. Like, if you can protect the B-Wing mm-hmm. and come up with a strategy to keep that B-Wing alive, there isn't a ship that competes as far as just pure cap mm-hmm. ship damage. Someone was... You know what? I, someone mentioned something like this today. It made me think, like, oh, they should have made the B-Wing a shunt charge ship on the New Republic side. So it would have been the one shunt charge ship, basically. Like, if they had just done it that way or something, like, that you could shunt until from, like, I don't know. I feel like that would have been pretty interesting for it. I mean, I, get, I understand it's, you know, maybe not with lore. Figure out a way to do it with lore. But something like that would have made it interesting, I feel like. So then maybe it could have been more survivable. Uh, and I think, I think the reason the B-Wing is so unsurvivable is because it it actually flies for the most part how i think the devs intended for all the ships to work <laughs> i think you're um, kind of right <laughs> like yeah you can boost gasp in it but you can't you can and you can zero throttle pinball with the b-wing it's just really bad at it like mm-hmm. i think it has that maybe the hitbox is a bit too big for it or something so it just makes it a little easier to hit i don't know i haven't really talked to the big PvPers or people who know to, to get a, a sense of that, but it could be something like that. I well, it just can't, it can't go from zero to max boost speed uh, in less than a second. Right, because it just takes that time for the boost to, like, register before you start moving. Yeah, mm, yeah that makes sense. I, yeah, well, you never know. Maybe, maybe in a future game, though, it would be interesting to see how they can take all of this and what they would do moving forward, because I do like... The idea of being able to, like, maximize your boost as much as possible. Like, I know it probably wasn't intended, but I feel like it makes the game better this way. It's just they needed to find a better way to balance the time to kill with that, I think. Because I like the boost mechanics of the game and being evasive that way. Uh, I don't mind the boost mechanics. Mm-hmm. I just... It should be a resource that you can run out of. I think that's a very fair complaint. I feel like it should be very difficult to maximize to have infinite boost, which is probably a little easier than it should be. Even though I still die a lot, so I can't say it's that easy for me. Well, (laughs) I mean, the the problem is, and they tried doing it to where that was the case, right? Mm -hmm. But all it did was reinforce the boost gasping. Like, you either did it perfectly or you were terrible. Yeah. Right? And then... How do you stop the empire uh, with shunt charging? Like shunt charging is actually, honestly, if people complaining about boost gasping should look at shunt charging. I agree. Shunt charging is absolutely broken. Oh yeah, I mean to have infinite. I mean that's why the empire has the the huge yeah. DPS. I mean they already have this DPS advantage, and then they can mm-hmm. you can constantly have overcharged lasers to make sure you know it just really just. It just Twist sticking in the knife there, and then also twisting it too, which to lore I guess is kind of cool, as people say. But for a balanced game, that makes it tough. So that's why it takes so much more like 
style for the New Republic to overcome it. I mean, good teams do it. Like, even when the Empire was vastly superior for a bit before they balanced them that little bit, people still did win with New Republic. It was just so much harder to do. And it was almost impossible to beat beat a higher... To beat one of the top teams, it was almost impossible to upset them with Empire, it seemed. Correct. When the the Y-Wing was... um, Yeah, yeah. After the boost activation cost surf, and the Y-Wing was just a boat that got shot down <laughs> it was for do- yeah. it was for farming and then you switched off to your x-wing as soon as you after you died well, after you, you were killed and, you- and, yeah <laughs> like and farming in a y-wing back then was like oh sorry i'm gonna die like yeah. somebody shoots at a y-wing then you were just dead mm-hmm. yeah i forgot i forgot how bad it was because now like the y-wing I just love it so much. It's my favorite ship in the game. It's my most comfortable ship lately. Like, I like it more than, even though I shun charge in the bomber, I, I feel safer in the Y-Wing uh, just because of the shields, right? Like, I mean, the bomber, it, it, you know what I mean? It will slowly lose. Even against, you know, not good players, you're going to slowly chip away, right? Like, just because you don't have shields. But with the Y-Wing, if you're on, you're not going to get dunked and you're going to have shields. So it's it's just... It's even, you know what I mean? This is true. Yeah, so that's the way I feel about the Y-Wing. I just feel much more comfortable in it. I actually... Don't quote me. It might not be good. I'm testing it. I am actually messing with Rotary Slam on the Y-Wing. Yeah, you know what? I know a few people who are. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think it, I, I'm not good at it. it. I've is, been mess- I'm it just bad with the Rotary. Damage. Yeah, I'm just it's bad with damage. the Rotary. For sure. And you know what? The thing is really good for burning raiders. Uh, mm-hmm. It's got its place for sure. It's just that it's it, one of those things that people are probably like hating on without, you know what I mean? Like it's just, it's established that rotary slam on Y-Wing is bad. Do not question that, Zoltry. But, you know, I feel like we should, right? That's, that's all that's left. Evil Coleslaw in the chat as well saying he's been messing around with rotary on the Y-Wing. I mean- so I, I've been playing it quite a bit, and mm-hmm. um, with the Y-Wing's boost recharge the way it is right now, you don't need Jet to have infinite boost. You can maintain boost with Slam, mm-hmm. boost gasping properly, sure. which means I have time to actually put some charge into Rotary, and Rotary is more damage than Slam, or than Standard. Standard, period. of course, yeah, yeah. There's no question. I mean, it's yeah, just honestly, the charge time is the only thing. But I spend a lot of time being evasive in the Y Wing that I'm you know what I mean, charging my standard. I guess I guess thinking about it though, like I I wonder if I would have a hard time getting that charge back on the rotary because of that reason it just taking longer. I don't know. You know what? Maybe I will mess around too and set up a rotary slam build and see what I can do. I, I was pleasantly surprised. <laughs> uh, even even without like overcharged rotary, the rotary it's not like it's still better than the standard. It's pretty close to the overcharged correct. standard. Yeah, and I don't know the difference is on the number. I think it's a little bit less yeah. than overcharged standard. I think but right. it's faster. That you you apply the damage in faster bursts mm-hmm. than you would with standard laser, which is. Yeah, the charge sometimes more important. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Is the maybe I'm mistaken? I just can't remember. Is the charged clip of rotary? Does it last longer than a charged clip of standard? Maybe not. What do you mean? I don't know. Like, like overcharge? <laughs> yeah, like, you, yeah. On can... a, you still don't bear. You barely still get to overcharge the rotary. On the right, rotary. right. Okay, gotcha. Um, maybe a little bit here and there. Yeah, but yeah. like 
it's just um, the way the meta is right now, there's really not a way to stop defenders. Um, not defenders, but like the defense, the Empire defense from farming the AI mm-hmm. and doing what they need to do, right? So the meta is kind of when you're on attack, you just pound the OBJ as hard as you can, as fast as you can, right? Right. Yeah, no, totally. Which so then the then rotary says catch up. Y-Wing makes more sense mm-hmm. with rotary mm-hmm. than standard because you need the burst damage. You don't need sustained damage. Makes sense. I like the idea. I'm gonna die. I mean, you've inspired me to try it out now. <laughs> so, what uh, what do you think of the future of squadrons here? Is like the 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 rest. I don't want to say like the rest of the year, but in the next little immediate future, you're gonna keep streaming. What are you thinking? Are you gonna switch games to stream wise in the future? Are you thinking about that at all? Or um, the the next like main game I'll be switching to will be Halo. Ring. Oh, nice. When does that come out? I'm kind of interested in that as well. We don't have a set release date yet. Mm-hmm. Holiday this year. Oh, wicked! So they're yeah, starting the first flights. Like, well, they're, they're flights. They're like beta alphas mm-hmm. this week. Nice. So. Yeah, so that'd be cool. I feel like that's a game too. Like you know that maybe the squadron's community maybe will move on to something like that. The other with the. I know that's... a ton of us are playing New World right now. Oh right, you had mentioned that one too. So that's another one I might mm-hmm. check out too. That'd be interesting. It's like the Amazon one. And let everyone know where they yes. can check out your Twitch and YouTube if they don't know here. I'll have it linked below, too. All right. Um, it's just Zoltry on YouTube and Zoltry on Twitch. Wicked, man. Uh, wait, yeah, just tell me about the charity event you have coming up, when it is, and everything behind it. All right. So we're doing a, a charity stream on my Twitch channel um, for a home, local homeless charities, local homeless veteran charity, um, it's going to be August 7th. It'll be a 24-hour stream starting at uh, midnight on the 27th. Or not the 27th, but the 7th. Um, and I'm going to try and raise $1,000 or more. And if we reach the goal of $1,000, I'm going to have my wife shave my head <laughs> and beard on stream. Amazing. Oh, my God. How can so, people... I feel like the whole Squadrons community is going to come out for that, for, you know, amazing charity cause. Honestly, the Squadrons community all year has been amazing about taking part in different sure. charity events, so that's awesome that you're putting... Man, really, I know you've been kind of looking to do something like this for a while, uh, a big of charity mm-hmm. event, so it's awesome that you're doing that. I know you're going to have a ton of surprises for everyone, too, to check out. It's going to be a great event. Everyone should check it out. We'll have, it'll be on your Twitch channel, I'm assuming, and we'll have announcements mm-hmm. and everything leading up to that, so definitely, you know, Promote that as sure. much as I can. Thank you so much so, for uh, doing easy. for doing the podcast here this week and going over everything, all your thoughts on squadrons, man. It's great to have you on. For sure, man. And Thanks for having me. Thank it's you, buddy. Fun. And yeah, thank you everybody here for checking out the podcast, listening, and really appreciate one check out the live podcast. We'll see you next time on the Star Wars Squadrons podcast. <laughs>